Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. I wanted to have a very open, honest conversation um, about a lot of things that have been going on in my mind, um, just reflecting, because um, now that it's a new year, I'm beginning to really reflect on, you know, so many years have gone by now, and I'm realizing that there's a lot to be thankful for, and um, I gained back my childhood memories after having them severely blocked out because of all my trauma, and they came back to me just overnight, one night in October, and I remember when they all came back to me, I was sobbing uncontrollably for hours. And um, it's made me uh, um, have an epiphany of uh, my life. Um, this is a little bit hard for me to talk about still because this is probably... This is this was definitely like one of the most difficult situations I've been in back when I first got really severely ill with heart failure in 2016. Um, it's still quite difficult for me to talk about, but I'm writing my book and I express a lot of different emotions um, in my book about how I felt at the time, how I feel about it now, and my perspective is 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 changing every day about about the situation. Um I haven't really um told anyone the whole story. And I feel like I'm ready to tell it. Um so I didn't want to tell anyone what was really going on back when when it, when I was really truly living this deteriorating condition in 2016 when I, as I was really truly living in it I didn't want to tell anyone what was happening to me I knew what was happening deep down I knew uh that uh my my heart was dying and um, I didn't tell anybody. Um, when I went to heart camp that year, I didn't tell anyone what was happening. I, um, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell any of my friends. Um, because I really, I, I, I've come to the realization I really wanted to just be left alone in peace with my situation 
and like not start all this drama and chaos if I really told people what was going on. So I'm about to share what was really going on with my heart. If you, I'm sure, and I know a lot of you knew me by 2016 or before 2016, and I know a lot of you are my childhood friends, so get ready, because I never told anyone. Um, when I first went into heart failure, um, I've kind of touched on this before, but basically, um, uh, I almost died multiple times throughout that summer, multiple times, and I didn't tell anybody, um, the, my team of doctors initially said to me, in June, like a month after I turned 14, in June, that, uh, there was nothing to be done, there was nothing they could do, they couldn't do any surgery, there was no cure, um, my heart was that sick, it was that deteriorated, and they told me I had to go to comfort care, um, if you don't know what that is, um, it's hospice care. Um, they don't try to do anything about your condition. They let you get worse. They let your condition get worse and they don't try to help you. And you will get worse until the inevitable happens. Um, I was told that. And I don't tell anybody about this um, because... I really wanted to be left alone in peace. I don't, I go to summer camp. I, I, I go to my heart camp. I basically don't say anything about what's really going on in Giving Tree. I'm, I know a lot of you are my heart friends. I didn't say really what was going on with my heart that year. Um, because I just, I really wanted to be left alone to deal with the situation on my own because I, the last thing I ever want to do is worry people, unnecessarily worry people. Um, but I'm, but the truth was I was actively dying and I knew it. I was very aware uh, the doctors gave me three months to live, um, because it was my, it was just that, my heart was just that incredibly enlarged, um, it was, the, the hole in my heart was just extremely large, there was almost essentially no central wall, and, um, uh, my oxygen saturations were 50. I was 
almost dead, pretty much. Um, but I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want people to know. Because I wanted to be left alone at peace with it, dealing it, dealing with it on my own. I felt like, I felt like at the time if I told anyone that I, that, you know, I would just insanely worry people so much and that, you know, I, um, I would be constantly asked questions that I wouldn't have known the answers to. Um, but they thought I was only going to make it three more months because of how s severe, uh, my, my condition was getting, um, we, we were, um, really fighting at the same time, at the same time, um, we were really, really pushing and fighting for a heart transplant. And I didn't tell anyone, I didn't tell anyone that I was being considered. I I did an interview for a heart transplant to see if I could be a candidate. It turns out I was a very good candidate and they wanted to they they wanted to put me on the list. But I didn't tell anybody. Because I just felt I, I'm sure this is like the biggest question that's going around in your head right now. Why didn't you tell anyone? And why are you just telling us now? <laughs> Well, again, like I said, I just wanted to be alone at peace, and I just wanted, I really just did not want anyone to worry. I remember the last day of camp that summer, you know, we, we were, I was, the reason why I asked for all of your phone numbers is because I just wanted to make sure I had one last contact if something were to happen to me. And, you know, if you, if you were one of my friends back then at heart camp, um, I know all of you were saying to me, see you next year. I very slightly hinted about it, didn't I? I said, here's how I responded. I said, we'll see about that. Because I really didn't know what was going to happen to me. And I didn't tell any of you because I didn't want anyone to worry. And I, I, I another thing, I, I, I didn't want people to grieve when I was still alive. If something were to happen to me back then. Because seriously, like I was given maybe like two more months to live. Um, n no one can believe I'm still alive today.
um, my, my surgeon in 2017, he couldn't believe I was alive. He could not believe that I was alive. Um, um, I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, there's something else. I've been very nervous to share. Um, when I was initially told that there was nothing to be done and I had to go to comfort care, um, that really uh, shattered uh, pretty much all trust I have in people um, because I really felt like there, there had to have been something to be done and I was told that there was nothing to be done and I had to go to comfort care and it was so hard for me to trust anybody after that you know you always think well doctors you know are are supposed to save your life not 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 just not do anything about it and let you deteriorate further so it was really hard for me it still is hard for me to trust people. It's incredibly hard. I'm working on it though. Because for nearly this has been this is this has been almost 8 years ago now. And for the last 8 years I have carried so much bitterness, resentment, and anger for the fact that I was put in that situation. I was incredibly angry that um, certain things were allowed to happen when they really shouldn't have been allowed to happen. I was incredibly angry that I was pretty much, um, that I, I felt like, I felt like I was failed by, by, by medical professionals. And it was, I felt really sad about it because I felt like I was just never taken seriously. They... I felt like they essentially didn't want to help me. And for years, I was furious, furious about the situation. I would um, get um, extremely angry whenever someone would bring up the situation. Um, but I've recently very recently, <laughs> have had a change. A change of mind, a change of heart. I've, I've recently gotten my childhood memories back. And 
overall, yeah, I've had lots of medical complications, but other than that, I've had a pretty good life. And I've realized, oh, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I've realized I have just wasted eight, the last eight years of my life being angry. And I don't have to be. I don't have to. Why, why should I be angry about something that happened pretty much, pretty much over eight years ago now? And I've realized, well, this must be because I got my childhood memories back. Getting back my childhood memories made me stop being angry at that situation. I think the reasoning is, for the last eight years since I've, uh, my earliest memory was being diagnosed with heart failure at 14 and being told that there was nothing to be done. That was, that was my earliest memory of doctors, of just people in general. And I think that's why I've had just severe trust issues. The people, you know, that were supposed to do something said they weren't going to do something. <laughs> um, but ever since getting my childhood memories back, now that I remember things that have happened before I went into heart failure, I realized I can't be angry anymore. I shouldn't be angry anymore. Of course, of course, your feelings are always valid. But once you realize that you can really let go of it and stop being, stop feeling so hurt over a situation, I'm beginning to realize that is when you're starting to really truly heal. And I feel like I can finally let go of it now and just move on with my life. If anyone brings it up to me, I'll just say, yeah, that happened. But I'm going to promise myself, you know what? I'm not going to get angry anymore. I can't. I can't be angry anymore. Ever since, and I understand if this sounds like you may not believe me, I can guarantee you, once you fully let go of the past and you stop being angry over people who have hurt you, it's going to be a big relief. It will. I'm not saying, you know, you have to forgive people because you can let go and move on without forgiving. It was very hard to go through, (laughs) but I realized, you know, I 
etiquette to say for the rest of my life. All those doctors that said I wasn't going to make it and that I was too sick, guess what? The fact that I'm still alive today, as healthy as I am, makes me realize I just proved all of them wrong. All those doctors that said that they couldn't do anything, that I wasn't going to ever make it, I did. Wow. So if you're ever feeling resentment, anger, bitterness about your situation, uh, a, a medical condition, a disability, uh, especially I can understand how it's handled. <laughs> if you're feeling extremely upset over, you know, how it was once handled in the past, I understand the I understand being angry about that. Believe me. <laughs> Cuz the last the last 8 years I've been furious. <laughs> but I hope you can come to realize once you accept that it really happened. I hope I hope you can move on and let go and not be angry anymore. I, that, th that is my hope for all of you. I, I hope you can move on, let go, and just not be angry at the world anymore. Because <laughs> I understand that. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard, but I, I just really want to motivate all of you. Being angry. Because I, because I realize being angry over something that happened, like, for, in my case, almost eight years ago now, continuing to be angry and bitter about it, I've realized that's not going to solve any problems, and especially, it's actually not going to help me heal, fully heal. I have to let go of it. I, I have to, it'll be, I hope now I can finally put this behind me. I'm writing this in my book and my perspective is changing so much. I hope anything bad or negative that has ever happened to you is terrible and I feel for you I, I I have sympathy I hope you can come to terms with peace about the situation and try to let go of the anger it's hard, but I wanted to give you all this 
motivation today. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) Um, thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully, uh, I, I hope, I hope you can help people who not, I hope this helps like not just you, but other people in your life. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody needed to hear this. Somebody needed to hear this. Thank you.